Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Most likely listening to us in Sweden or some shit for who knows what reason. If you need help for your chapped, sore, generally unpleasant lips, then drag your ass over to calmlipbalm.com. Also available soon for sale in the great state of Washington. And now for today's show. Are you walking in here with fucking wet cancer farts on your head? I was just gonna say, I think it's not south, but uh, in the middle center thing. <laughs> so you might know these things as a family called vacations? Literally, <laughs> white people is crazy. That's exactly. There's no other thought that could be going through her head but that. Fifty something sure. white woman who definitely is gonna get fan job. That's how I gave up fast food. I ate Taco Bell two nights in a row. That's really good audio. Realizes that was hysterical. People love heavy calls in the mics. Have a good day, whore. I literally give the, the, the bus driver like twenty dollars. I'm like, here's twenty dollars for my white guilt. Anyway, break it down. No, I'm honestly curious. Break that down. That makes me not dance. Explain. <laughs> What's up? Welcome to episode 63 of After Dinner Mints. Nolan here. Uh, Jason. 63. 63. <clears throat> it's actually like... It's like 80. We always have this fucking conversation, right? Yeah, it's like closer some, to 80. There's some unknown amount of episodes just lost. Because the... for one... Uh, like two months, we used a different recording program, and when it got erased, so did all the files with it. Are you and sure you didn't just fun. like forget to press record a couple of times? <clears throat> no, I definitely didn't. It okay. was fucking. I was using a program called Ardor, and it. I don't know what the fuck happened. It just didn't hold the recordings for some reason. I feel like you were just tricking us. Like you wanted, to, you needed a no, reason to bring people over. Still paying for it because it's a subscription-based program. <laughs> Where it did and not like, work. I've tried to fucking cancel it over and over, but I still get billed for it. Do which the episodes is really infuriating? Do they still exist on their server somewhere? No, because they were on the. Well, now they're on the computer that's dead. Because uh, now, like everything's been replaced—the software, the computer. So those recordings are yeah. on like a hard drive that doesn't even fucking exist anymore. Oh shit! So. Yeah, now they're totally gone. Anyway, what's up? You should recreate <laughs> those episodes. <laughs> I think that's what we're doing now. Is that? I guess so. I guess sort so, right? of. I mean, if only we knew the topics, though. So, I don't. I don't remember what made me write this down. Um, and it, there's only one thing I could think of that would have made me write it down, and it's probably not worth mentioning. But I was thinking about, like depression and and like the difference between like cries for help and somebody who actually like wants to hurt themselves and shit like that and i was thinking like 
and, and this is just something that's been with me for a while. And I know people are going to get pissed off listening to this one, but I, it's just this is this is what I feel. So, you know, fuck you if yeah, you don't like it. You don't have that. to listen. Um, I don't believe in cutters. People that harm themselves, like cutters, not not just people who harm themselves, but like cutters specifically. Like people who take a razor blade or a sharp yeah, object and, just, and slice their wrist yeah, or other Yeah, just cut object. themselves without the intention of killing themselves. Okay. Like, like, this is my release. Like, I don't buy it. I always thought, I always, I feel like the, the thing that I've, uh, that stands out to me is they're like, I want to feel something. I just need to feel something. Dude, I just, I don't buy it. You don't think they just need to feel? No, I don't. Like, not at all. It, it's the world is a it's a cold numb. No, place, I don't right? feel like they're. You know, it's Trent Reznor and they're in the middle of hurt. Like, I just here's the thing, right? I didn't even hear of cutters until like high school, and it wasn't until. Granted, that's a long time ago now, right? Like, oh, we're yeah. we're yeah. both it's getting up there, graduated together, so we're both. 18 years out of high school at this point. Yeah, we've, could have, dude, could have we could graduated high school twice by now. Yes, that, that which is a fucking scary thought in Jesus and of itself Christ. that I don't want to... I'm, I'm having fucking a little anxiety attack saying that out loud. Yeah. But I didn't even hear about, like, cutters or cutting until, like, halfway through high school. And I never knew anyone who did it, and I never heard of it, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden... I knew all these people who were cutting. Do you think it was like, uh, was there some kind of like sensation, like sensationalization? Yeah, of it? dude, I, like I, I do. Like my so-called life or something like that? Or if it wasn't, nobody cut on my so-called life. No, I, I don't have know. the box set. Are I you, can, oh, can really? tell you. Yeah. I, I forgot you do. Um, um, you don't think there was just some like event that, uh, that set it off like copycats or whatever? No, I do think that. I think, I think, I, I know people do it, obviously, but, I don't feel like there's I feel like it only people only started doing it because there was like publicity around it and now there was a name for it and then it was a way to get attention because it was a way for people to like be like I'm depressed pay attention to me without actually having to harm themselves without actually being committed to do it cuz let's be honest fucking you take, like, a razor blade, like a legit razor blade, and I, do, I got a drawer full of hundreds of them right now, right? Because, and you cut your skin. You're not going to die. It is going to scar. Well, you have to, go, you have to, there are, there's a way to die. I mean, there are ways to do it, right? Sure. If done properly. I mean, you can. Sure, sure. You can, like, slice the artery or uh, yes. bleed out. In the yes, that is correct. But it's, like, a very safe rebellion. It's a very safe cry for help. You know, I feel like it's like on par with like dyeing your hair a ridiculous color. I really do. I feel like it's the depressed equivalent of like, look at me, pay attention to me because you're doing something that you know is safe, that you know, isn't going to actually hurt you, that you're not running the risk of actually dying. And everybody who I know has done it, which is a small handful of people are, are like till this day, even though they're way out of their, I'm a cutter phase, like 
some of them by like 15 years or more are just incredibly attention seeking people. <laughs> Dude, I know what this sounds like. I, I am so aware that it sounds like I am like taking people who need help and just like punching, punching mother down, yeah. punching down and fucking kicking them a little bit. But I, I don't feel like I am because I feel like it's bullshit. I feel like if they really needed fucking help, they wouldn't look for this safe outlet that has that comes with a label and a stigma to, to fucking do it. And it would be something that people do naturally. And there wouldn't be this like surge in it after it was like all over TV in, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Like, I feel like people would have done it because it's like a natural outlet. Like when people want to kill themselves, man, they try to fucking kill themselves. And that is, even though it's a terrible feeling, (laughs) a natural feeling, right? Like people feel that way. People feel like they need, they need help. People feel like there's no escape and they're trying to escape. Um, and people feel like they need to feel something. So they like do stuff that, makes them upset and and they you know people do do things as like a cry for help but i don't even feel like the whole like i guess i guess this is where i'm going i don't feel like the whole cutter thing is and you guys aren't you're not here but jay is seeing this that every time i say cutter i can't even help myself i'm making air quotes because i think it's such horse shit i i just i feel like it's not even a cry for help. I, because there are things that legitimately, right. Are like a cry for help. Like I need somebody to fucking to look at me. I need somebody to acknowledge my existence. I need somebody to fucking, I need to show somebody that I'm like throwing up a flag and saying, I need, I need somebody to like pay attention to me here. But I do think that is like not a cry for help. Definitively. I think it is a very clear cut seeking of attention because it's not something that that people naturally do like it only is a thing that started happening after it was like sensationalized in the media it's a, it's tough man i mean so i i feel a couple ways about this one that somebody that's going to cut themselves or, or harm themselves like that has to be whether they're doing it for attention or not has to be like mentally ill or deranged or in like some way like some some kind of capacity to be able to like or it's not to be able to but to to find themselves like slicing open their skin you know there's no there's no logical uh explanation or justification i can see for it unless you're you know clearly like mentally ill i mean I, it's it's I, it does seem like it does seem like it's like a uh, a seeking attention kind of thing but is I, there like you say like there's no explanation unless they're mentally ill, but to me, it's the same explanation of like getting outlandish piercings, you know, like, like becoming a transvestite, becoming another sex, right? <laughs> to me, it's like I'm a transvestite, I'm a cutter. Um, we could go down that road, but I feel like they're I not mean, totally related. Kind of. I feel like okay. Okay, here's my. This is the reason. I, this is my. Wait, my is Mister Liberal saying that transvestites are just seeking attention? Is that what? You're, <laughs> is that what's happening? No, right no, no, now? no. So here, this is this is why I was linking that. So I I uh, I do think that like transsexuals have a like a mental uh, illness about them before. 
I think that they're they're mentally ill. I think <laughs> I don't know how the hell we wound up here. Yeah, all no, right. Sorry. Let's go. I mean, it's just it is what it is. Let's go. Yeah. It's uh, you can you can be anything you want to be and like be uh, you know I'm all about be whoever you want to be, but but for you to like change your genitalia, I mean like to alter your body like that is a is a you have to be sick like the, the, dude you know. i'm in complete agreement i'm just shocked that you feel this way yeah i'm hey, listen i'm all for it like if you want to do it if you want to be a man uh if you're born a woman you want to be a man and marry another man you want to marry another woman i marry whoever you want to be whoever you want to be yeah i'm all for that but like but it, it is at the bottom at the end of the day i think there's a reason you have to like it's a mental disorder you have to i think they it's it's a, a law or so at I least believe, a chemical disorder i believe it's a law that you have to sp- you have to seek uh, the uh, the referral or like the the guidance of a counselor first, like an actual like a uh, therapist. Or I something. don't know that it is. No, I, I heard that somewhere along the way. I heard that. that I was a you thing. know I think it should be. It, oddly enough, I listened to like uh, you had to seek a mental health like a whole hour long special. There's this uh, there's a show called Wrong Speak that's fucking awesome. Um, they take like they just take like a completely scientific approach. To extremely controversial topics like right. such as this, um, and the show is phenomenal because it's like there's no bullshit around it. There's no opinion. It's like this is the scientific reality yeah. of this extremely controversial situation. Take it or fucking leave it. Your opi- leave your opinions at the door. This is the reality, that and I, I really love the show. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Um, I and I'm 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 oversimplifying because they they do like they do interviews and they get people's opinions, but the one person on the show is, is a doctor and, and a scientist. And they do like base a lot of the information on research and provide that in addition to the opinions that they collect. it's always really interesting to see the contrast there of like, you know, someone who is like taking a hard definitive position on something versus like the scientific reality of the situation. But, um, but no, dude, I agree with you. Like, especially, and I think it's especially dangerous with kids. There's this thing happening now that they call rapid onset gender dysphoria. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I've, not, I've not heard of this. this. This is straight from the show. So I'm, I'm parroting, but there it's like, it's a newer condition. It's surfaced in like the last two years. Um, and it typically only happens to females between the ages of 12 and 15 Almost immediately after they hit puberty, when they are struggling with their newfound sexual identity and congruently realize how celebrated people who consider themselves transgendered are. So they see that celebration of people who are transgendered and that overwhelming support, and they decide, hey, I'm transgendered. And then they start lobbying their parents to get a sex change. And it's like, it's... Super slippery slope shit, man. You, I, I mean, for all that alliteration there. But, like, there was there was this family who was on that show talking about it, and they were being interviewed, and they were like, you know, we saw something like 13 psychologists and psychiatrists, and every single one of them off the record was like, your child is not transgendered. This is bullshit. This is a phase. This is, like... There's a name for this condition, but there's only a name for this condition because we had to give it a name. But the reality is you just have a kid who's like struggling with puberty and struggling with their identity. And they realize that they can be celebrated if they go in this direction. So they're clinging to it. Do not get your child a fucking sex change. 
And out of like out of the thirteen psychologists who all were like, "Do not fucking do this," um, twelve of them refused to go on the record just out of fear of the backlash that they would face by being huh. on the record of saying like, "No, scientifically, there is absolutely no basis for this to happen. It is a mental incongruence, and that's not to like put down." people who feel that way. Yeah. And there was, there was actually, interestingly enough, there was a handful of people who are transgendered and did go through sex changes on the show. Um, like both. And, uh, the majority of them, like the ones who were talking about having gone through a sex change were like, I completely regret it. Like I, I should have just been gay. I should have not, you know, I was not trapped. Really? I was not a man trapped in a woman's body or a woman trapped in a man's body. I was just homosexual, and I should have come to grips with that. But instead, I was like, oh, because I'm homosexual, I probably should have been born the opposite gender. But I really shouldn't have been because biologically I'm not there and chemically I'm not there. And now I like can't cope with the fact that I'm a different gender. And it's like, it's like this really high statistic of people who actually go through the operation. Like, it... Of that, I I'm I don't want to give out numbers that I can't really remember, even though I do that all the time. Yeah. Um. But it's like a really high percentage, and it's like over half of people, and, and like as a group of people, it is the largest percentage within a group of people of people who become suicidal or attempt suicide, or people who are post-op transgender, which really? is fascinating to so me. Like, like buyer's remorse. Yeah, more or less, you know, on a very extreme level. Yeah. Um, and they were also talking to, like, people who consider themselves transgender who didn't go through the surgery, who consider it a mental disorder. And they're like, you know, they all said they were like, the fact that I can quantify this as, like, a disorder, a syndrome, that puts it in a perspective where it's easy for me to deal with. Instead of pretend, you know, and I can I can go talk about it and I can work on it and kind of figure out where I stand as opposed to like going and getting a fucking surgery that's going to leave me in even worse state than where I am now. Yeah, it was it was fucking fascinating. Huh. Do you do you know any like transgender individuals? Are you close to any? I do. I know a couple. Do you really? I'm not close to them, but I know them. Yeah. Like personally, I know them. I I mean I know uh, I I would say an acquaintance of one that it, I mean only only after the fact not not when I actually knew them where they uh, did they have the operation or anything but I found out like year a couple years later that they did so I that's, that's about it you know oddly enough I know a lot of gay people who I am friends with you know both lesbian and gay men yeah. <laughs> And, like, all of them fucking hate transgendered people. Oh, dude, one of my favorite musicians like they is they hate them. One of my favorite musicians is a transgendered individual. Tom yeah. Gable. Yeah, the lead singer yeah, of uh, yeah, that's right. Against that's Me. Right. Tom Gable became uh, Laura Jane Grace. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, a weird thing to me, man. He still sings just like Tom Gable, though. I mean... <laughs> yeah, the singer of Life, in a-, a Life of Agony, um, Keith Caputo, became a woman, became Mina Caputo. Yeah. Um, but does not sing like Keith Caputo anymore, so it's really hard to listen to the band. Not because I, I don't give a shit if, you know, he's a man or a woman or a fucking rabbit. Yeah, yeah. But the voice is just not as good because I think he actually had, like, surgery to oh. make his voice higher pitched. Yeah. And it, like, he just that'll, that'll doesn't, she, whatever, doesn't sing the same way. Yeah. But I, I, I am, 
constantly also fascinated by the fact that so many gay people that I'm friends with just like they don't like transgendered people. Like I don't dislike transgendered people. I give a fuck. Um, <coughs> but they like quantify it really. Like they have really strong opinions about it. Like I I I know I'm not going to name names on the show, but I do have a, a friend who's gay who's like the whole like LGB. He he's like. He was like ranting about it. He had a little too much to drink one night, but he was ranting about it. And he was like, yo, fuck this LGBT shit. He's like, it's LGB. And he was like, he was like, there's no such fucking thing. He's like, it's bullshit. They get, he was like, he was saying, I quote, they give us fags a bad name is what he was saying. Yeah. (laughs) You know, as he was drunkenly pounding his fist on the table. Um, But it's really interesting. Like, it's a weird perspective that like once you get into that community, like it's not all like this, like this prejudice and this bias against this big group of LGBTQ that like actually within that group. Yeah. There's a lot of fucking, I don't want to call it infighting because they don't consider themselves a group. Like there's a lot of gay people who like those people are fucking weirdos. And I'm like, Oh really? Wow. You think that? Wow. And they're like, yeah, no, fuck those guys. And I'm like, Oh, okay. If you would go to, I don't, for the lack of a better term, because I I only know it is this, the gayborhood in Philadelphia. Is there, is there another term? Is there another neighborhood or name for that neighborhood? No, that's what they want. That neighborhood. So yeah, when I, um, when I used to like have to traverse through there quite a bit, I worked with a, I worked with a few individuals who were on the LGBT or I'm sorry, LGB uh, side of the of things. Sure. And yeah, they were they you were apologize to me. I don't care what you call it. Well, no, because I I I, uh, I guess I spoke out of my out of context. Sure. But they were they were very much like yeah, like you said, like it kind of against the the whole T yeah. part because it it uh, they thought it gave them a bad name. Like it was like a uh, like they were like a a, bo- a pock on their pockmark on their like their culture or something this is one of those things too that like when i find when i find people of a certain mindset who just like take this hard stand right like like the whole like remember the whole bathroom thing the whole like target bathroom or starbucks bathroom, whatever it was where it was like starbucks yeah um where it was like you know, we have gender-neutral bathrooms and, like... You know, oh, no. I don't know. I'm not that sure. That was Target. It was Target. I'm thinking of the public urinal. Yeah, you're Starbucks. thinking it. Yeah. <laughs> so Target went through this whole thing um, maybe, like, a year ago, maybe a little more. I don't know. Where they decided that they were going to introduce some gender-neutral bathrooms. And, you know, of course, like, everybody gets up in arms, right? And they're like, you know, what if my little girl's in the bathroom and a man comes in there and, you know, like... From the perspective of, like, and understandably, from the perspective of, like, what if there's a fucking creep who's pretending he's transgendered for the excuse to go into the women's bathroom and either assault a woman or a little kid or something like that? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's actually, that's pretty fucking legitimate. Like, I don't want that shit happening. Um, But in a broader set, so a couple things. One, if it's a single stall bathroom... I don't give a fuck who's in there. Like, (laughs) make every bathroom single stall and make them fucking, you know, toilets and no urinals and done deal. Like, we don't have to worry about who's in there ever again anymore. End of story. Um, But you're saying dispel of the urinals completely? I'm saying if you're going to take that stance of, like, 
of like bathrooms should all be gender neutral and make them single stall and don't have a urinal in them. I guess so. You piss in a toilet? I couldn't. I couldn't imagine such a thing. But you've never like pissed in a toilet in like oh, I mean, uni- I, a unisex sure, bathroom. I like have. there's tons of unisex bathrooms out there. I have, but I always feel like a dickhead when See, I leave. See, like, that's that's the thing. Don't make them gender-neutral bathrooms. Make them unisex bathrooms. It doesn't fucking matter. There's one stall. Knock on the door if somebody's in there. It doesn't matter if they have a dick or a bush or fucking... They're taking a poop or they're fucking (laughs) pissing on the floor. It doesn't matter. You know, wait your turn one person at a time. Now we don't have this problem anymore. My problem is I inevitably uh, always miss the toilet and hit the seat. And I feel like a dickhead when I do because then I'm leaving like piss all over the place or then I have to go down and like worse I have to clean up my own piss off the toilet seat the public toilet seat just it's, lift the seat I mean with what my, toilet paper I don't know I feel it just seems Take like a, a lot of effort. toilet paper and lift the seat that's wasting wasting all that paper piss and in trees the sink. and shit <laughs> you're like 612 just <laughs> piss in the sink I have a few times I'm sure you could clear the sink not in public necessarily not in public I could clear the sink I pitch in my I piss in my kitchen sink sometimes not where I live now. <laughs> Not where I live now. But it, no, I used to piss. I'm sorry. I used to piss in my kitchen sink quite a bit. It was so much closer than my bathroom That's was. That's fucking hilarious. It was so much closer. How man. did we get here? Uh, oh, so yeah. So when, when that whole fucking thing was going on about like gender neutral bathrooms, everybody who was like all up in arms about it were all of these like ultra suburbanized mega liberal people who fought for this position, not because they understood it, but because they felt it fit in with their paradigm and they should fight for it because every fucking gay person who I know, and I like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I have tons of gay friends. Yeah. I have a good five or six gay friends. Like, Good five or six. If I start counting people that I'm related to, that I'm very close to, make it like nine, right? That I know very, very well that are either like first cousins, blood relatives, hang out with all the time, or very close friends who I probably, you know, you know, I I talk to a certain group of people every single week, but I I might not see them as often, but I definitely talk to once or twice a month. Mm. Um and all of them were like, that's fucking horse shit. Like, all of them. So, like, all of these people who were taking a stand for the gender-neutral bathroom that I knew, you know, like, whether it's on fucking... I was still on Facebook then. Like, on Facebook, on social media, on whatever, were, like, taking a stand based on... I'm part of this group that I should take a stand for it because I take a stand for everybody who's fucking squashed down by society. Meanwhile, within the group that they were standing up for, most of the people in that group fucking disagreed with the proposition in the first place. What the fuck? So you're saying they, they, uh, they liked the theory, but in execution, they were not for it. It wasn't even they like the theory. It was like it, and it's. I'm telling the story, and I'm thinking about like like three or four people in particular, right? But like this one girl in particular who is just like ultra, ultra, like super fucking left, right? I don't even want to say liberal because I, I people who call themselves liberal aren't even liberal. Like super left, right? Yeah, was like 
go Bernie, go Bernie. And as soon as Bernie was out of the race, it was like Bernie was never fucking running for president. Go Hillary. I'm with her. Fucking last week you were with him because he was the fucking more liberal person. Now you're with her. Well, we need a woman. You didn't fucking think that last week, stupid. You know, so they transitioned from like, I'm with fucking, I'm with Bernie to I'm with her to fucking, you know, pro this, anti that, fucking blah, blah, blah. And they were all like, the bathrooms, the bathrooms should be open to everybody. They should be open to everybody. It's like, have you, have you stopped and talked to somebody who's actually part of the group that you're lobbying on behalf of? Because they don't give a shit. Like, they don't give a shit. I've talked to them. They don't give a shit. Yeah. Not only that, but the other people within that group think that the people who do give a shit are fucking lying, and they think you're stupid for fucking supporting them because they don't think you have their interest in mind because they think the same fucking thing. So you think Target did it just to get some pub- like Target positive did PR? It for publicity, yeah. Yeah. Fucking, that's like, you know... No we corporation makes decisions like that because they believe in it. They do everything for fucking PR. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know how we got here. I don't know. <laughs> I uh, there's there's a few things like we got sidetracked off of here and there. We went from like one to the next to the next. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. But yeah, cutters. Cutters. <laughs> oh, uh, have you ever seen the movie Wrist Cutters, a love story? No. No. There's a whole movie about uh, cutters. Really? Yeah. It's a it's a romantic comedy. Interesting. It's a uh, it's pretty fucking dark, honestly. I I know a couple people who were quote unquote cutters. And, like, you know, they were, like, cutters when they were, like, somewhere between 15 and 18. Yeah, I was related to a cutter. Were you? Yeah. Not, not like, closely, but yeah. uh, secondary family or something. And now that they're, like, 30, 32, they're still extremely attention-seeking people what's a personality trait i guess it is like that's i I guess that's what i'm getting at like i feel like it's more of a personality trait of somebody who's just like pay attention to me more than it is somebody who actually legitimately needs help and i think shit like that illegitimizes people who need help because i can tell you like and i'm speaking from nothing except you know on one hand it's like i'm speaking from personal experience on the other hand, it's I'm speaking from nothing except my personal experience. Mm. So I'm sure there's situations that completely contradict what I'm saying and would be the total opposite, right? But it's like when I look at the people who I know who did that and I looked at them, even then I was like, just fucking doing this for attention. Like, <laughs> I thought you were just going to say, just fucking do it already. <laughs> I, yeah, some of them, yeah. The fucking, it was so clear that they were just like, Look at me. I need attention. I need attention because they weren't like they didn't try to hide it. They didn't like it was just like they would roll up their sleeve and make sure somebody was looking and then pretend to fucking cover it up real fast. Yeah, I, th- I think if they were legit with their intentions that they would they would cover them up. You'd never see them. It would be incidentally that you ever saw it. If, if yes. At all. Yeah. It wouldn't be like a, like. Yeah. Fucking exactly. Um, and I like look, if you're 17, 18, 19 and you can look at somebody who's doing that and being like, it's so fucking obvious that you just want attention. How much injustice does that do to people who, like, really need fucking help? Like, does it become this boy who cried wolf situation where, like, you start thinking that people who legitimately need help are full of shit because you, like, what if I started associating 
everybody who... What if I started... And, and I didn't, so maybe I'm discounting my own point here, but, like, what if I looked at somebody who did that? Or what if you looked at somebody who did that and you knew they were full of shit, right? Mm. And they, it was just, like, for attention. And that's what got in your head. And now you look at the person who legitimately fucking needs help and you're like, I don't know, man. I know three people who are fucking doing shit for attention. This person who actually needs fucking help, maybe they just want attention too. And that person goes and fucking offs themselves when they really needed help because there's a bunch of people who are just seeking attention who are illegitimizing fucking suicide attempts by putting scars on their arm because they like, you know... Yeah. It's a way to get attention now, and when they're 30, they're going to fucking cover up their scars with a tattoo so people, you know, forget the fact that they did that dumb shit when they were 16. I mean, shit. Honestly, in this, in this, in a similar regard, this is like the reason I got off of social media because, uh, so, sim- like a similar reason, you know how there's people that, will uh like there's a death in the family right and they go yeah. on they go on facebook and they're like they post about it or if it's like something like memorial 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 memorializing memorializing yeah memorializing yeah. the individual it's one thing if they were like a close family member but then you get the ones that are like oh my my great great aunt died what was me it's i'm so depressed like please send all your prayers and thanks and hearts you know whatever yes. people that like seek the attention and stuff right so it's those it's the same people that that would do that, I think, that would go out and cut themselves looking Fucking for it. Fucking yes. Because it's just attention seekers, yeah. I gotta say, when, when my grandmother died, I put, like, a pretty fucking long Facebook post up. Mm. And it was definitely part of how I dealt with it, to just, like, put all those words and those thoughts out there. Yeah. I don't think I gave a fuck if anybody actually read it. It was or just if cathartic. It was just cathartic. Sure. Like, or, or if... You know, every and and a ton of people were like, I'm so sorry and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, I don't want to say that I didn't appreciate it because that would be dishonest. But I wasn't I didn't put it up for that. Like it was just. It was the wall that you go and fucking write on, you know, like very literal, like, you know, I no pun intended, but it was like that's like the wall that you post shit on. You know, like. But you're right. Like, I, I spent a lot of time going, like, dude, how much sympathy do you need? Like, oh, my third cousin twice removed. Yeah, who yeah. Who fucking lives in five states and I haven't seen since I was three died and I'm devastated. No, you're not. Yeah, I'm so miserable. I can't believe this. Oh, my God. This yeah. Is, like, the world is ending. Well, not only that, but what about, like, people who... and, and Or... or uh or no, like uh, my thoughts and prayers are with Haiti or something like that. Yes, you know? that's exactly what I was going <laughs> to say. My thoughts and prayers are with Puerto Rico. Like fucking like legitimate tragedies. And it's like, you know, I'm thinking about tears. Like, no, for, you're not. Tears for Columbine. You're thinking about how you can fucking monopolize yeah. on these people's misfortunes so that you can show you're a good person. And to that is, again, the reason I got off of social media. Well, that is fucking that's. Virtue. I, I, I'm sick of this fucking phrase, but there's not a better phrase for it. But it is virtue signaling. It's like you're peacocking to be like, look at what a good person I am. Yeah. Look at where my morals are. Look at the shit that I care about. It's better than the shit that you care about. Like, yeah. It's just so. It's such a. It's such a shitty way to live. Like, why do people live that way? I don't know, man. I don't. I don't fucking get it. 
if social media was only Foursquare, we wouldn't have this problem. I love Foursquare. Yeah, fucking Foursquare was Foursquare awesome. was the shit. It was so simple. They had no hearts, no emotions, no like no nothing. No nothing. It was just corporate uh, fucking cash, like corporate uh, promotions. That's all it was. Dude, you know what? The <laughs> fact that it was... Here's, here's the segue, right? Because now we're going to go down this rabbit hole. The fact that Foursquare was so like shamelessly corporate is what made it nice. Yeah, kind of. Because it was honest. Yeah. I mean, you know, the it fact that you could create the business, too. You could create the business uh, um, listing. Yes. It didn't have to be the business itself. It wasn't like Facebook who was, like, tracking all your shit so they could fucking sell your information off. Yeah. Or, or Twitter, where you fucking type the wrong thing and you wind up on some government list or fucking, God forbid, fucking uh, Google+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which honestly, like from a functionality standpoint, was probably the best social media platform ever. Have you used it? Have I've I, I looked at it in in very extensive depth. It was a really good. That's all platform. anybody ever did, though. But nobody ever fucking used it, and yeah, it never exactly. caught on. But, but mainly, probably because everybody was like, "This fucking Google's just gonna sell my shit." To all Google's in the business of selling my shit already. Yeah, you know, like. But I don't think anybody really knew when Google Plus came out that that was what the business was. Probably not. Because I don't think it was as, like, I don't think data sharing was that as uh, as much of a hot-button topic. I mean, but it was still happening. Oh, yeah. But, like, does anything really top MySpace? Does uh, anything really I had this conversation recently. It? The fact that you could, uh, you could edit HTML into the page yeah. was, like, a game-breaker for me. Like, that was amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, I was, I was, like, I always kind of, like, I taught myself HTML and how to code, like, simple things. And uh, I definitely knew, like, that was right up my alley, being able to edit the page. You could could have a song play when somebody goes to your page. You could actually edit the the page itself, the code in the page. You put your fucking, you put your top, what is it, your top nine? (laughs) Your top nine friends and, like, everybody else knew that they could fuck off because they weren't in your top nine. I forgot about that. Yeah, they prioritized that. It legitimately was. That was was wild. A better platform. I don't know how Facebook overtook it. Because it's not, as, like, till this day, it's not as good. I think it's a cle- it was a cleaner user interface. That's the, in the end, the like, thing that, like, the harm in MySpace was the thing that made it so amazing in the first place. Is what hurt it. Yeah. It was glitter and fucking sunshine. Yeah, yeah, glitter, sunshine, the the uh, JavaScript that they had to run on the pages. You would to go to, you would go to say, so you know what, you know how you like get into someone's car and they turn the radio on and they forgot how loud it was when they turned it off. Yeah. And they start the car and it's like, bah! and you're like, holy shit. Yeah, you would like, go to somebody's page. You'd go to somebody's like that, right? page and it would just fucking blast music. Yeah, anything and you would, like, that they, that they wanted to play too. Seat. Oh yeah, you had no control over that. But I mean, at the end of the day, it was like, it was a more fun platform like it wasn't wild wild west like it wasn't fucking you know aim yeah (laughs) but but it wasn't like it wasn't like fucking like facebook no the the web the better the platform itself literally became a victim of technology because the uh the internet would speed up and, and the browsers would surpass they were, the browsers no longer used JavaScript like they used to, which was well, big. That's how the pages ran on. Yeah. So the, the page, they had to, like, tear the whole thing down and rebuild the site. And by that time, they already lost to Facebook. So. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually had the, to reformat the technology got the phased back out. end of the site. Yeah, because when, they, when everybody started using Chrome, they stopped using JavaScript. So the, the, the transition... So like, it wasn't Facebook that killed MySpace. It was Chrome that killed MySpace. I mean... 
in a roundabout way. In, a, in in my opinion, in a roundabout way, yeah. That it was is a technology that kind of like that, that uh, tore it apart. I I've never been able to get on board with Twitter. I, really? And I've tried. It's, it's the only thing I actually use at any game. Well, I've tried and tried and tried, but it's just so noisy to me. It, it really is. I mean, you have to follow, like, a very limited amount of people to get, it, like, worthwhile information out of there. And even then, you're, like, limiting yourself to, or, the, you know, you're, you're limiting the platform itself. It is, like, a, it is kind of noisy. It's so it's fucking, they were talking about it on Rogan the other day where, like, Twitter initiated, like, when, you, when Twitter started, and it was, like, you know, at Jason is going to get pizza with at Nolan. And yeah. if somebody saw it, they might like show up at Brothers and fucking get a slice with us. Yeah, yeah. And it was really like because MMS or SMS, SMS like wasn't wasn't widely used back then. And you yeah. had to like pay extra for like group texting and shit. Oh, yeah. You got like it 10 like, texts a month yeah, or something. Yeah, dude. It was like calls were cheap and fucking... And texting was expensive. Yeah, you would get Back like ten then, or thirty or twenty like text messages. Yeah, a, a like month. that's how it was developed because yeah. you could just like do that, and everybody would be like, "Oh, this is what's going on." And it was like it was like a community bulletin board to take the. I remember unlimited texting when that became a yes. thing. It unlimited was like the texting. It was the pre precursor to fucking group text, and uh, you know, fast forward, <laughs> fast forward ten years. <laughs> Our president's threatening nuclear war on it. Like, that's the thing. The people like that—that's what it became. The people that verify those Twitter accounts have a very serious job, man. These are like it's these are world crazy. leaders. Like world leaders use it as a mouthpiece now. I mean, it's it's, it's crazy. It it's really insane. is crazy. It's Donald. The fact that Donald Trump like makes and breaks policy, public policies with that with Twitter is amazing to me. Apparently, the whole thing too that like started making it big. And, and I didn't know about this, but I listened to, like, a whole spiel about it the other day, was that, like, at some point in time, like, when people still cared about Ashton Kutcher, like, Ashton Kutcher and Britney Spears had a race to see who could get to, like, half a million followers first. Really? And that's when people started, like, jumping on yeah. by, like, the bucket load and signing up to, like, follow whoever. And then, like, other celebrities were just like, oh, people are paying attention here. So yeah. then it became, like, a celebrity monopolized site, and then yeah, companies were on it. And, and yeah, Yeah, and, like, that, that's where it turned, but... It also became a, uh, a mouthpiece for the, the consumer to go on and, like, start ranting and raving about, you know, problems or issues they had with, like, other, like, businesses or corporate entities, you yeah. know? I mean, I, I used to use it just to, like, to point out discrepancies, to yell, just to fucking just be an asshole... Because it's the internet, you know? Yeah. Why not, right? It makes sense. I mean, I just... It's always been noisy to me. Like... Yeah. Even when I limit it to, like, you know, a small handful of people that I actually want to pay attention to what they're saying. Yeah. It's so noisy. It's so, like... It's hard to follow. It, like... It doesn't feel chronological, even though it is. It's just, like... it. It might as well be Reddit. Yeah, it's like a disorganized Reddit, sure. It's like a... yeah. Well, th- think about that. It's like a disorganized Reddit. Yeah. Reddit's fucking disorganized as it is. Well, like, Reddit has, like, the subreddits, backslash R, backslash whatever. Yeah, jerk that's off. too much. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, that's at least... Or, that's some level of organization. That's though. a level of organization, but you got to be, like, in the know to even follow the organization. Oh, yeah, to like, know how to get to those things. it's less yeah. organized than that. Like, yeah. if you... 
you, it's like for some reason it's a platform that you either fully embrace or fully avoid. Like nobody's like you you could be half in Facebook. Yeah. You can't be half in Twitter. You're like in or you're not. Yeah, I kind of like uh I I kind of float in between. I mean, I, I really don't use it for like personal use, but when I do use it, I really like I struggle to engage with it actively yeah. to like really participate. I can't keep up with it. I feel like I'd see the other platform that I absolutely fucking hate just hate is fucking Snapchat. I've never used it. I despise it. I I have it. I don't use it. Yeah, I've um, never I've never even I I get it. I know what I know what it is now, but I don't doesn't really do anything for I me. I despise it. I maybe open the app like once every two months. Yeah. Or if somebody like specifically sends me a message on there and then it pops up on my phone. And then I usually message them back, and I'm like, "You have my phone number. Why the fuck are you sending me a message on this thing?" Yeah, like, it, do you- I I can't I can't do it. It's such a touch, such a terrible platform. This is going back. And a apparently, they're losing ground like really, really rapidly, which kind of makes me happy. Oh yeah, because everybody else and if, like t- takes their innovations and adds them into their own platforms. Um, do you remember going back a little ways, like when when like social media when the web 2.0 first started? There was like, I mean, there was 8 million social media networks, but one of them was like, it was very niche. It was very specific. All It was music-based, like music-centric. It was called Last.fm. Are you familiar yeah. with this? Yeah, 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 yeah. So like all it would do was track the, the music that you listen to. Yeah. So your, your page was the top tracks that you would listen to and how many times you listen to them. That's it. That's all that it was. Yeah. And it was like a way to, to introduce new music to each other or to share like your, you know, your music chops or whatever. You know how... Um I I got I can I want to go two different ways from this. I so I use a thing called Dashlane. I never heard of it. So Dashlane is like it's this secure like multi-device app that keeps all of your passwords so oh, that you can okay. differentiate your passwords and you use all of them, but yeah, it also I, like I, monitors all your web movement. Yeah. And I actually got a notice from them last week saying like there may your last FM account may be compromised. And I was like, I have not fucking logged into <laughs> that thing in like a decade, yeah. maybe. I, so I was like, okay. So I actually had to go and I had to reset a password. And then when I went to reset the password, they were like, your account is inactive because you haven't used it in like six years. And I was like, All right, I guess I don't have to worry about that. But I reactivated it just so I could permanently deactivate it. So it's weird that you bring that up. They're still around, though? Yeah, they're still around. That's crazy. They're still around. I remember you used to have to install a plug-in with Windows Media Player or like uh, or iTunes or whatever it was you were listening to. Yeah. You had to install a plug-in, which is like unheard of now, to like get this this so the software to track. Yeah. To like pick up your, your music. It was so crazy. Do you that's it's similar to how Pandora started. Because Pandora was actually... Was that the Music Genome Project? Music Genome Project. Yeah, sure. Which was, like, phenomenal. Yeah. You know, it was like nobody had ever done it before, and it made so much sense where people just, like, tracked what they were actually listening to, like, based on... And they would, like, you know, thumbs up or plus one or whatever it... Or, like, thumbs down it. And, like, based on people who had similar taste, it would begin recommending music to other people, and they would, like, like, actually mapped like algorithmically yeah mapped out genres of music based on similar tastes like people who are listening to this like this or like people who are listening to this may like this but they don't want to listen to this when they're listening to this they want to listen to these bands and these songs yeah yeah. it was like a brilliant thing and then they figured out how to commercialize it through pandora 
And now Pandora is like a multi fucking million dollar yeah, company. I remember that's that. Essentially, single handedly destroying the music industry. I remember using it back when it was the Music Genome Project, yeah. like way back in the day. And yeah. I'm thinking, like, how badass this was, how revolutionary. Same fucking company. And it, it just kind of grew, and it got. I mean, it got better and better as it went along because the more information they had, the better the results. It got better and better, and then it hit a wall. Yeah, they turned it to a for profit company, and because it was literally an experiment. Yeah, it was just a science experiment yeah, to yeah. be like. What are the genres of music? What are people into? Like, how do these yeah. music, songs, bands, whatever, like, relate? How do they relate to each other? Yep. And then it became like, let's fucking sell subscriptions. And then it shit the bed. But Yeah. <laughs> no, that was a great service, though. It's weird how things like that, like, grow into these mega commercial successes. Yeah. There's, there's a thing going on now. Um called the MMA of all things which is it stands for the Music Modernization Act okay and it's like it's essentially a platform to help artists so there's this this really started with satellite radio um but there is this caveat within the music industry well within you know publishing and publishing rights and payments and shit like that, that if music is broadcast not over the radio, they don't have to pay the same royalty structure. Is this, like, pertaining to, like, like how music is broadcast in video games and stuff? Like, licensing and stuff? No, 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 because you actually license your music to a video game, right? So For a certain... Like, okay, I have, a, I have a different... Uh, never mind. A different thing? But yeah, yeah, so, I have something about that, actually. So, for example, right, if, what's local radio station? MMR, right? Sure. 93.3, 93.3 FM, WMMR, Philadelphia. If they play ACDC, right, they owe ACDC a certain amount of royalties for playing that song. And that those royalties get paid to whoever owns that catalog or at least yeah, that like particular the Atlantic song, music right? Group or whatever. Yeah, so it might be the record company, it might be the artists themselves, it might be, you know, a, it might be for you know sixty forty. Yeah. You know, so and and that happens, but if it's on satellite radio, because it's not broadcasted terrestrially, it's broadcasted through space. Okay. They don't have to pay royalties. Really? Which is why satellite radio was such a profitable endeavor in the beginning, because they didn't have to pay artist royalties. Now, it ended up not being profitable, which is why the two companies merged and why Sirius is like struggling, really struggling now, because you actually have to pay a ton of money to keep fucking satellites up in space. Yeah. That's an expensive proposition. And the subscriptions don't cover it. They've just lost money hand over fist. Um, but that was the caveat that made it profitable. And that same thing applies to the internet. Because yeah, it's like internet purchases, right? You don't pay sales tax. Right. Unless you live in that state or <laughs> unless something. Unless you live in the state. Yeah. So if you are ACDC and your song is being broadcast on Pandora, Spotify, Google Music, Apple Play, whatever, you don't owe royalties at least on the same structure to that band. See, I, always, I thought for Spotify that, like, something like that, like Apple Play or Apple Music or whatever, that uh, it, it, they did. Like, they tracked how many times they tracked it. 
like would get listened to and they, they got a, a percentage it. of every like Eminem makes more money from Spotify than I don't know Bob Smith or something you sure know? sure yeah absolutely but so um fucking Crosby Stills and Nash right put up this this post on Twitter um where they posted a picture and they showed that there was like this one particular song of theirs that got over like 7 million plays in the past two years. And they made a total of like $27 off of it. <laughs> and they were like, you know what the, like what the fuck? Like this is, this is how we make money. Like this is how we pay our bills. Like we're not, you think we're rich cause we're musicians. We're not. We fucking, we spent our own money to record these records. We're fucking broke now. And now we no longer even get our radio royalties because everything's over the internet. So there's this bill that's being presented called the Music Modernization Act that would force um, satellite radio and internet broadcasting and whatnot to pay the same percentage of royalties that radio has to pay to the artists, which is interesting. And what it means is it means that like your subscription rates for you know whatever service it is you use are going to get way fucking higher or the streaming is going to be abandoned. You're going to have to go back to purchasing music or it'll probably be some sort of like cross platform where you get like certain amount of music time per month for a certain. I really, I felt like Spotify had like had hammered that out already that that was like no. taken care of. No, I thought that was like uh, like similar to Netflix. Like however much content, however much your content gets enjoyed, you get like that much more. Uh, no, Netflix doesn't even share numbers. No, they don't share their numbers, but they do share their profits, though. Like, if your TV show gets watched a shitload of times, you get more money than somebody that, whose movie doesn't get watched at all. Or no. You make, yeah. no. Isn't that so? No. You make your money from Netflix based on them buying your show. But you get... It has to do with, like, some, view, some views or something, right? Um, no. You don't get paid based on how much it's viewed. Then why do they have producer well, credits? Well, at least... Uh, why do they have what? Producer credits. Like, the producers get, like, the kickbacks on the end and shit, right? No, Typically. no, not once it's bought. Not once. It's, so, like, I, I'm speaking a little bit out of turn, but I know, like, with a comedy special, they buy. So, let's say you're Joe Rogan, right? Mm. Or fucking whoever. You go out and you shoot a special, and now you shop your special. So, you're like, I can sell this to Netflix. I can sell it to HBO. I can sell it to Showtime. I can sell it to Hulu. I can sell it to CISO. I can sell it to Amazon. I can put it on my own website and charge $5 per download or like whatever it is. Um, but Netflix comes along and says, I'm going to buy it. They buy it for you and they pay you. Yeah, for I get thing, that. But for, you don't get kickbacks because once you sell it to them, they own it. I get that for like for content they don't create, but for content they create, I believe it works differently because they... I've read I have they're no like idea. they're recreating the mold, like they're redoing. Yeah, that the, might be different. I have no idea how it works for content. They I think that the stuff they that they've created, they give you like a much smaller upfront fee, and then they give you on the back but end. What are they creating? What do you mean? Like I know there's Netflix originals. Yeah, like TV shows or movies. I but think they're not creating those things. Those movies and and TV shows have been shopped to Netflix and purchased. Well, they have a development studio too, though. They have their own. Do they? they? Yeah, they actually they just bought like I saw an article they bought a giant uh like 700,000 square foot studio space on like Santa Barbara Boulevard or some shit. Like I I know that when Bill Burr sold um F is for Family to Netflix. Mm-hmm. He was shopping it to Netflix and 
like FX and HBO. Yeah, they definitely like Arrested Development. They bought the show, yeah. but they and they make you know they make it their own. And he but was saying like he would have made a lot more money off of. He was like the deal was he would have made more money if he went to HBO, selling that first season, but he went to Netflix because even though he made less, they fucked with his his they they like were less willing to fuck with the show and make it their own. Really? So over HBO? Over HBO. Huh. Yeah, surprisingly. And he was like, in just the exposure of Netflix, I'm more likely to sell season two, season three, season four to Netflix because everybody is fucking Netflix in their home. Yeah. Versus like, I might sell to HBO and only have one season because people like it, but not enough people watch it to fucking... To do it again, and now that now that HBO is doing live streaming and HBO Live and HBO Go and all that shit, he's like, you know, it, it winds up being the same business model as Netflix anyway, but everybody has Netflix in their home and not everybody has HBO, so now the move is to go with Netflix. Huh. That's I don't know. I don't know how it works. I had no idea they even had, like, an actual development studio. On uh, they do. Yeah, they, they, I think it's just coming into play more. Like, I know they just bought this building, like, in Hollywood or whatever. Uh, back to some of the, so like an interesting thing I heard about this, uh, the music licensing and stuff. Cause we, we touched on that recently was, um, uh, maybe like a decade or 10 or 15 years ago. Now they started licensing, um, music in video games, like putting actual like licensed music in, in video games. Right. So when they did this, they bought the licensing or the rights for this, like for like 10 years at a pop or so. Right. Okay. And they've now started re-releasing these video games, like HD remixes or something or HD like releases with without this music because they don't want to pay for the music again so they now have these like giant gaps so they're releasing like video games where they're like they didn't pay for like snoop Dogg's gin and juice or something the second time around like grand theft auto or whatever it might be and so now there's like they're producing these things that are just missing giant gaps of of audio because they don't want to pay for the the licensing again for the the studio for the tracks so they're 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 putting out this whole brand new game minus you know these big integral part the parts that came with it initially there's um this reminds me of so the UFC has a streaming service called uh called Fight Pass. Mm. And you could go back and like watch replays of old fights, right? Um so when when like a fighter walks out, he has walkout music and it's generally something you're gonna know and they're paying a royalty for it. Uh <coughs> and they pay they basically pay like a one time usage mm. for that song. So let's say like so Frank Mir walks out to Kanye West. Like, that's what he walks out to. Um, but they pay that royalty the night he fights, and that's it. So when you go back and watch the old fight on TV, they have to edit that music out. <laughs> and what they do is, like, they edit in, like, generic, yeah. like, royalty-free music. And it winds up sounding like... Um, like '80s video game music, just that, like, like you know, like, just imagine like fucking Excite Bike or something like that. Like, that's what they're playing in the background anytime someone, and it's like really fucking strange, and it throws you off. Yeah, it's like jarring, right? Yeah, like it, it actually like like it takes you out of it. You're like, what? Wait, what? What? Because it doesn't sound right. Because you could almost hear that it was edited in because they have to break it out of like natural audio. Yeah, because they're not like playing. They're not playing the song on TV, right? They're playing the song in the stadium when the guy's walking, making his walk out to the ring. Yeah, but then to play it over a streaming service, over the internet, over whatever else. Yeah, so it's just in the background. So they're actually streaming the music over it 
and like at like they actually have to go in and like take out frequency by frequency the music and it's it's really jarring yeah because it takes out so much background noise and then they edit in the other shit and it's like it feels unnatural it's really fucking oh, yeah. weird like it takes you out of it I uh like two years ago I uh I was a big well I was living in Nevada and I was a big I am a big Mets fan New York Mets so I had this this like MLB.tv subscription right yeah so I could watch baseball games on the other side of the country and it was fine and great. Like, you could watch the game. Everything would come in crystal clear. But they didn't have the... Um, because you were paying, like, a like a, hundred, like a a certain fee per year to have access to the subscription service. Right. You didn't have to have... Like, you didn't get the commercials. Or you didn't have the... I don't know how it was, but the, they didn't want to pay the, the... The model wasn't set up so that the people that were paying for the TV commercials would also get uh, compensated for... Or they would get the, the additional, like, uh, viewer, the eyes right. of, like, the, the streaming. So... So they like play the game and then all of a sudden for commercial, they would cut to this like jarring blue screen and it was just like commercial break in progress. We'll return in two minutes. And it would just sit on this like static screen playing like elevator music the whole time. And all of a sudden it would like jerk back and like snap back and you're back in the TV world. And it was really fucking weird. Like, I mean, it sounds really stupid and simple, but it really was disorienting. It it, it takes you out. Yeah. And that's, this is like all due to streaming, all like internet streaming and shit. It's a different world now. With digital, like digital rights and music and shit. I'm so tempted right now to just like pause it, edit in elevator music, and just voice over like <laughs> we will return you back to the podcast. Like <laughs> take everybody fucking out of it, and then just jump back in with the conversation as if Two we had picked later. up. Yeah. But anyway. Oh man. Well, we're exactly one hour in. So Is it one hour? Wanna, yeah, it's one hour and one minute. If we want to, uh, yeah, might as well call it and keep it fresh. Could wrap it up um, before we get any dead air. Yeah. Well, thanks for, uh, dude. I like these short and sweet episodes. Yeah, I do. Like it, we used to do this a lot. I'm giving away trade secrets on the air. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> we used to do like three or four shows a night. They would just be one hour. I remember doing we'd, at least like, two or three. Yeah, we two would sometimes. blast them out. We'd fucking stop. Yeah, we'd go grab a cup of coffee. We'd have a completely different conversation. And I fucking swear to you, the show was a hundred times better then. Like I really like the long form conversations. Yeah, but. When there's like six people sitting around the table, yeah, like it's noisy. There's crosstalk. It the conversation gets lost. Like when it's like three people. Like I'm really thinking three is the magic number. Yeah, like when there's three people three. in the room and it's just like magic a pretty direct conversation. There's no crosstalk because you need that fourth person to have dual conversations. Yep, like it doesn't fucking happen. The shows are better, they're smoother, they're faster, they get to the point, they're more entertaining, there's no, like... Much less dead air there's or, like, no, Yeah, like, oddly enough, there's no dead air, even though there's less people. Yeah, it just flows better. But anyway, we gotta, we gotta fucking figure out how to uh, do shows like this more frequently, but... Anyway, with... Episode uh, 64, right? Yeah, episode 64. With that said, we will see you guys next week. Later on. Later.